gospel reading for this morning is taken from Luke's gospel, beginning in the 24th chapter of the 13th verse. And Luke wrote these things. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. And they were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? And they just stood there long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during these last few days? And he said, Well, what has happened? They said the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. And then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened, but now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. And they came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. And then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen? That the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? And then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. And they came to the edge of the village where they were headed, and he acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening, the day is done. So he went in with them, and here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them, and taking the bread he blessed and broke and gave it to them, and at that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him, and then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? So they didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. And while they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, Peace be with you. And they thought that they were seeing a ghost and were scared half to death. But he continued with them, Don't be upset and don't let all these doubting questions take over. Look at my hands, look at my feet. It's really me. Touch me. Look me over from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone like this. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, and they still couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was too much. It seemed too good to be true. He asked, Do you have any food here? And they gave him a piece of leftover fish that they had cooked, and he took it and ate it right before their eyes. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
you pray with me, please? Oh God, so many of us think that we aren't creative, yet you made us in your image. Teach us to know and to trust the dreams that we have, the hopes we dare call our own, the imagination we daily use are all reflections and sparks of the creativity you have given to all. Inspire us to use these gifts in thanksgiving for the gift of life. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like my life is just a series of trapeze swings. I'm either hanging on to a trapeze bar swinging along, or for a few moments, I'm hurtling through space between trapeze bars. And mostly, I spend my time hanging on for dear life to the trapeze bar of the moment. It carries me along at a steady rate of swing, and I have the feeling that I am in control. I know most of the right questions and even some of the right answers. But once in a while, as I'm merrily or not so merrily swinging along, I look ahead of me in the distance and what do I see? I see another trapeze bar looking at me. It's empty and I know this new bar has my name on it. It is my next step. It is my growth, my aliveness coming to get me. And in my heart of hearts, I know that for me to grow, I must release my grip on the present well-known bar and move to the new one. Each time that it happens, I hope, no, I pray, that I won't have to grab the new one. But deep down, I know that I must totally release my grasp on the old bar. And for some moments in time, I must hurtle across space before I can grab the new bar. And each time, I am filled with fear. It doesn't even matter that in all of my previous hurdles, I've always made it. Each time, I'm afraid I might miss that I'll be crushed on unseen rocks below in the bottomless pit that lies between the bars. But I do it anyway. I trust. Now perhaps this is the essence of what the mystics call faith. No guarantees, no net, no insurance, but I do it anyway because somehow to keep hanging on to that old bar is no longer an option. And so for an eternity that can last a microsecond or for a thousand lifetimes, I soar across the dark void of the past is over and the future is not yet here. It's called transition, and I've come to believe that it's the only place that real change occurs. And I've noticed that in our culture, this transition, this transition zone, is looked upon as no thing. It's a no place between places. Sure, the old trapeze bar was real, and the new one coming towards me, I hope that's real too, but the void in between it's just a scary, confusing, disorienting nowhere that must be broken through as fast and as unconsciously as possible. 
What a shame. Because you see, I have the sneaky suspicion that the transition zone is the only real thing and that the bars are illusions we dream up to not notice the void. And yes, with all the fear of being out of control that can accompany transitions, they are still the most alive, growth-filled, passionate moments in our lives. And so transformation of fear, you see, may have nothing to do with making fear go away but rather with giving ourselves permission to hang out in the transition zone between trapeze bars, allowing ourselves to dwell in the only place where change ever really can happen. It can be terrifying, but it can also be enlightening, because you see, hurtling through the void, We might just learn to fly, to really fly. Now you know nothing could give the disciples what they seemed to really long for, which was simply to return to the time before, when they had no thought that any of these things could ever really happen. They found themselves at this moment in time totally between bars. And on the road to Emmaus, the disciples who were scared, who didn't know what to do, whose minds were racing and who found reason hard to come by, were simply walking away from the terror. And the stranger that they had met along the road kept trying to put a positive spin on things, and they thought, quite frankly, that he was just out of his mind. How ironic that the disciples asked, are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what happened to the only one who really knew what happened? But he persisted, seemingly being one who looks at life with a glass half full and didn't seem to take death all that seriously. And at the end of the day, they asked him to stay. And when he broke bread, they got it. And racing immediately back to the others, they started to put the pieces back together again. You see, they weren't even looking for Jesus. In fact, they seemed pretty certain that he was gone. And then suddenly, there he was with them. It is funny how a walk and a meal can change your life. And through it all, we can be most assured of this, that life does not stay in one place. You see, the faith that we had as children changes as we make our way through life. We're all continually developing in our faith, swinging from one trapeze bar to the next. But ultimately, you see, I believe that this faith thing, it's a community project. Early Christians gathered together to share with each other the encounters that they had had with the risen Jesus. It seems that when one of the disciples had such an encounter, they immediately ran back to share it with the others. 
The disciples on the road to Emmaus immediately ran back to tell the others. And when they got there, the eleven were saying, Hey, Jesus has risen. In sharing, they were strengthening, encouraging, supporting one another's faith. The resurrection, then, is maybe not so much a fact to believe, to be believed, as it is an experience to be shared. And I think this is actually true of all of our faith. It flourishes in community. It needs to be practiced in the presence of God's people. Wesley said there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. Henry Nouwen writes, and I quote, The Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us. That is how we dare to say that God is a God of love when we see death and destruction and agony all around us. We say it together. We affirm it in each other. End quote. I really believe that it takes a community to affirm the faith that God is working to bring grace and peace and mercy and love and life to every life in the midst of all of the suffering and heartbreak and cruelty of this world. Faith thrives and grows in the sharing. And this faith community, it serves as a kind of extended family for us. It's our support system, encouraging, guiding, strengthening us as we figure out ways to get back on the road again. I think one of the key truths of Easter is that Jesus indeed rose from the dead. One of the other truths is that it is the beginning of everything being made new. Jesus was made new. Creation has been made new. We all shall be made brand spanking new. Death may be a part of life, but death does not have the last word. God's kingdom prevails, and so will you, by the grace of God. Keep swinging. Amen.